0: welcome to one of the most special editions of the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast we have ever had. This is the show where we talk about everything transportation, and today is so special because this, my friends, is episode number 100. Do you believe it? Yes, 100 episodes in the can, as they like to say. Uh, It is really surprising that we've come this far. A hundred driving you crazy podcasts are in the books. I am the co-host of the show, Jason Luber, the traffic anchor for Denver 7 News.
1: I am pedestrian advocate Joseph Peters. Jason, 100
0: episodes. It's an amazing landmark. It really is. It is. uh, Speaking of transportation, landmarks are are interesting uh, aspects of life, and this is one of them. A little over two years we've been doing the show. Uh, We've had numerous guests. How many? I guess we probably each show runs about fifty minutes or so. So let's just let's say five thousand hours of audio here on the show. Uh, that's a lot of that's a lot of production. It really is in this little
1: studio. Yes, a lot of a lot of blood, sweat, and tears inside Shoebox Studios at Denver Seven.
0: Yeah, it is a labor of love, and there is a lot of work that goes involved uh, with this little show. Believe it or not, um, but we've had some laughs. We've had some tears. We've had. Have we had any blood yet? We must have. I feel like I got a paper cut a couple weeks ago. I know I've had some stiffle nose, some bad throats. Uh, We've been through sicknesses. We've been through ups and downs. Um, We've had guests in studio. We've had guests on the phone. Guests that won't don't want to appear. So we've had all of the. (laughs) And (laughs) here we are. (laughs) And here we are. And and we love it so much because we get to bring you stories. Just like this one, a pantsless man is facing a number of charges after he stole a truck with a snowplow blade in Portugal Cove, Newfoundland. Oh. Is that the way you would say that, or Newfoundland? Oh, no, you nailed it, Newfoundland. He wound up overturned and crashing the truck around 11 o'clock at night. The Royal Newfoundland Police responded to a call of a pickup truck driving with its snowplow blade scraping the pavement Officers located the vehicle but were unable to stop it, so they let the pantsless man do the work as he crashed the pickup, flipping it over, and taking out several utility poles in the process. He wasn't hurt, so he doesn't have to worry about healing up while he sits in jail. Right, he gets to just sit in jail. (laughs) Normally, (laughs) unbandaged, unbruised. Now, there was no information in the story why the man stole the truck originally, when he didn't have any pants, or where his pants were during the process, obviously he lost his pants early, and then stole the truck. Um, but where his pants are, nobody knows.
1: Yes, and when you ask the question, what is the motive? The answer is drugs. He <laughs> was on drugs. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> or he was just drunk, like one or one of the two. He was he was very mind altered at that well, moment. You know, in time. I was
0: thinking, I was talking about this with my wife the other day when we were watching. Um, I, I, oddly enough, we were watching a, a trial of some sort. And and she goes, why would somebody just do that? And I said, there's there's two reasons people, from from the beginning, of, from the, from Adam and Eve all the way to now, there there are two reasons that people do things, um, sex and drugs, yeah, that's it. If you look at everything going back all the way, whenever whenever things go awry, it either has. Sex involved or drugs involved?
1: Well, or money. I think you got to add money to the oh, list. Oh, maybe
0: we have to. Well, okay. Yeah, but money usually goes along with the drugs and the sex.
1: Correct. It also goes along with gambling, which I think is oh, like. Okay. But you can't put gambling on the list. So you have to put money instead because it's never over like the game. It's about the money involved in the game.
0: All right, we can. All right, I'll give you that one. Yeah. Okay. We'll add the three. So it's one of the three, and that's where everything goes awry. So I think we'll put this one. And categorize this one under the under the uh, drugs part. Drugs, there yes. There you go. Dateline, Washington, D.C., describing the findings as deeply troubling, the U.S. Department of Transportation released a report revealing that the growing epidemic of distracted driving is responsible for more than 5,000 unfinished text messages a year. Quote, Far too often, drivers concentrating on their phones instead of the road lose control of their vehicle and get into accidents, tragically cutting short the messages they were attempting to type. Transportation Secretary Anthony Fox said of the report, which reviewed six years' worth of gruesome automobile crashes that ended the texts of the drivers involved. All of these messages that were lost, many were very brief and still had many more words to go. Now, we will never know what they might have said or where they might have been sent. Their abrupt mid-sentence endings were both sad and unnecessary. The report strongly urged citizens to avoid texting while driving, noting that distracted drivers aren't just putting their own texts at risk. I cannot say that. Their own texts at risk, but also of their passengers and other drivers. Stop Rex. Stop text. Right? Because isn't it stop text, stop Rex? I think we can reverse that now. Yep. And it's stop text when you stop Rex. Yep. I don't know. Well, anyway, now I've all screwed that up. Yeah, it's just too bad all these lost text messages. You never know who, what, you know, what they were finally going to say. Mm-hmm. You just never know. Of course, that was for, from the satirical news site The Onion. I just thought it was quite humorous and, and pointy oh, yeah. uh, of the matter. Yeah. Uh, but to dovetail off that fake story, there's actually the real life and dangerous story about distracted driving. Then there's many levels of distracted driving. You could say, you know, fiddling with the radio. That's distracting to some people. Uh, talking to people in the car, they would say maybe that's distracting. Looking around at billboards or scenery can be slightly distracting. Also listening to your pain-in-the-ass children in the back seat. <laughs>
1: that <laughs> is that is the biggest distraction of all. It was on.
0: I didn't know my children were such a pain in the butt. Just in general. Oh, okay. Not, <laughs> Not my children. For <laughs> me, okay. Nobody in particular, <laughs> just the world. You in general. Yes. Got you. Um, yeah, I, I could see that because sometimes they fight and they get annoying and then you're distracted by that and you're paying more attention. Like my father used to uh, when my brothers and I would be going at it in the back back seat of the car because there was four of us. And we're on the back of this Cadillac, all four of us in the back seat. Of course, without seatbelts, and and so you know we'd do something stupid or say something stupid or something offensive that he didn't like, and he'd start swinging. He'd try to get us from you know while he's driving with one hand and then swinging with the other. One bench or two bench back seat. One. It was the one. We should have been wearing seatbelts, of course. But when we were in the station wagon, even before that, remember the old station wagon where you had that table in the very very back. No. There were two seats. All right, the two seats sat sideways, and then there was a table so you could play games. And if you're little enough, you could sit back there and play little card games or the tic-tac-toe or the whatever in the back. Of course, again, not wearing seatbelts. Do they make those now? I I doubt it. I mean,
1: I feel like they There's no way.
0: There is no way that any car company is going to take that liability. Oh my,
1: but that sounds amazing, man. Just a very, very, very small RV.
0: Yes, exactly, and exactly what it was. Some people say maybe changing the heat or air conditioning can be a distracting. Using your cell phone, of course, is the biggest distraction. Well, how about watching TV when you drive? How about that for a distraction? Bad. Do you think it lists pretty high on the rankings of distractions you can have in the car? Probably pretty high up there.
1: Yeah, it's right there with text messaging.
0: Well, cuz I've done this. Yep. And and I and I will do it again. But in fairness, I usually have on a news program I'm listening more than I'm watching, but I mention all of this because I read a story recently about how more and more people are apparently watching TV, they're watching online videos and they're watching TV shows while they are driving. And it's not just the passengers uh, that are putting up the screens or watching let's say on an iPad or a or on their phone. It's actually the drivers that are doing this and watching their TV shows while they are driving. Now, DriversEd.com, they're an online driving education website, they surveyed about 1,400 people across the country about their driving habits, and they found about 8% of people surveyed, so about 110 people that they talked to, admitted that they had watched YouTube videos while driving, while another 4% or about another 50 people or so that were surveyed said they had watched Netflix. Now, look, I, I, I could see that the people, air quotes here, watching YouTube, were probably just listening to their favorite music because there's a lot of music on YouTube. And so you're not really watching the video. You're more listening to the songs because a lot of people do that. Right. They can't find the song on, on the wherever. they So that when they're searching a song, Holiday Road... Let's say by Lindsey Buckingham, just pulling that out of thin air. Uh, People are not going to go because the video is so crazy. You're not. I mean, honestly, if you're watching that video, there's something wrong with you. Mm -hmm. But listening to the song, it's fine. It's great. Well, and and so many of the videos
1: nowadays are just lyrics, so you're not going to be looking
0: at it anyway. Right. But but Netflix, that that that's like you have to be engaged in watching it as it's happening. Right. Right. That's the biggest problem with Netflix. You have to pay attention to it. Meanwhile, nearly two-thirds of drivers, that would be just under 500 of those people surveyed, said they read text messages while stopped at red lights, while 11%, or about 150 people, admitted they read text while their car is moving. Now, in Colorado, you're not allowed to send a text message. You're not allowed to input something in your phone and then send it. But there isn't a specific law unless you want to go into the broad definition of uh, where the officer can say you were distracted while you are driving and just put that down for, for whatever reasons. Mm-hmm. But there really isn't a specific law saying that you can't read while you are driving. Maybe there should be, but that's not there. About 18% of the drivers surveyed also admitted that they checked social media apps, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, while behind the wheel. Now, Laura Adams... As a spokesperson for DriversEd.com. Said in a release, there is an argument to be made that distracted driving is actually worse problem in America than drunk driving. Yeah, I might agree with that. The fact is that so many people are texting and driving is alarming. However, what is shocking is the millions of people who are watching Netflix and YouTube videos while driving. These drivers may as well be playing behind-the-wheel Russian roulette.
1: It's going a little far, maybe. I would, I would think so. I mean, but at this, it's, it's just not worse than drunk driving. That, that's where I have a problem with it. Think about all of the unreported drunk drivers that you know in your life. You know, there's at least a few, if not a lot. And so, I, I, I just think that anybody getting behind the wheel under any sort of influence of alcohol, even if it's like a .04, which most of us would consider like clearly buzzed. just buzz like not really too out of it it's still a problem
0: but if you listen to the commercials buzz driving is drunk driving
1: it's true but th- think about the people who don't think about it that way like that message is going to have to be reinforced over and over and over again before any generation gets it
0: yeah probably but um there is there is a limit to that's why we have a upper limit for drunk driving mm-hmm. 0.08 in most states uh, 0.05, I think, uh, would be that uh, driving while ability impaired, uh, which is not quite as bad as drunk driving. But I think there still should be some kind of aggressive punishment for egregious drunk driving. Yes. Maybe 0.15, 0.20. I mean, the really hammered drunk people and repeat really drunk people. Maybe those fines shouldn't just be, You go to jail, you lose your license for a year, you're in jail for the night, whatever the case may be. Maybe you lose your license for 10 years. Maybe your fine is $50,000 for those egregious drunk driving cases because that is so dangerous.
1: Right. Well, and you should have to go through an aggressive course of treatment before you're... I mean, when you show the irresponsibility to be that drunk behind the wheel, it's like...
0: Now, yeah, in all honesty and transparency, I I watch TV on my phone while I'm driving. I have a phone mount right there on my windshield. I set my phone into it, either one. Uh, I have a Bluetooth setup deal where I can connect my phone to the car audio system, and I listen to the TV through the car audio system so it sounds better, not just right there off the phone. The majority of the time, I'm just listening to the audio. I'm not like watching the screen like I'm sitting there on Amazon Prime checking out Vikings or anything like that. Because those shows, like on Netflix, you, you really have to be engaged. You have to be watching it to see what's happening. It's hard to be involved in those shows without watching them. However, what I do most of the time is I'm using that as a way to watch breaking news. There's sometimes live breaking news events that are happening, and I want to hear the coverage, and I don't get that from local media. I can't find that elsewhere. So I, it's it's helpful to me to listen to national stuff. And sometimes it's only broadcast on the national networks, and then, then I can listen to that on, on, while I'm driving around. Or sporting events. Um, there might be a spe- – let's say uh, the Masters, and I can just listen to it instead of – I'm not really watching because you're not really watching the golf, and you're just listening to it for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I, may, I, I guess I'm not condoning it, but it, yes – is it a distraction? Yes, it is.
1: Right, but the, the, what you're saying about the statistics being inflated by people who have it on for reasons outside of t- close watching—that that's an important distinction because I think of the 11%. There's pr- there's maybe 0.2 of a percent that are actually have the phone on the dashboard and are intently staring at it behind the wheel. Versus the people that you're talking about that probably have it like sitting on the seat or in a cup holder and they're just listening to the audio coming out more than anything else.
0: Right. And I think people are doing that with the YouTube videos just so they can listen to the music or whatever. But well, I'm, a, I'm very aware of the added distraction, but I also, I think, drive more um, defensively and more aware because of it during those times that I, I have the TV on. But most of the time. Yeah, I'm just I'm just basically listening, but I'm fortunate never to have had any close calls while having the TV on in the car. It's also nice in those rare occasions when I I do let the kids watch some kind of show because typically we don't we don't let the kids watch shows or give them phones or anything like that while we're driving. I, I still think it's important for them to look out the window and and at least have some thoughts of what they're seeing and 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 just have. Uh, some time to contemplate their own little short life so far instead of just being enveloped in their own little TV world on the phone.
1: Yes. Yes. What you're referring to is very meditative. It's something that this generation doesn't have to deal with, whereas our generations, it was either look out the window or look at a, b- a book. Right. right.
0: Yeah, exactly. Or you play the alphabet game, play a license plate game, all those kind of things. You just look mm-hmm. around and you see what's going on. And I, I think that's that's better for them than it is just sitting there in front of a screen all 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 day long. Yep, yep. Um. I mean, they're very good at imaginative play, and and I think I attribute that to to limiting some of their screen time. Anyway, here on the show, you know, we've talked about what it's like to drive in other countries. Now, as Americans, it is different driving in other countries than it is for other people from other countries driving here, because it is different for all these people who are, let's say, from Germany, for for instance that would come here to the United States and try to drive around. I, I've driven through Mexico and, and parts of Central America, uh, through the Caribbean, all those different countries. It, it's, it's different. Well, Speed Comparer posted a video on their Facebook page, and it shows a German man describing in a very thick German accent, of course, just how maddening it is to drive on American roads. And this is coming from the perspective of a person from Germany who usually drives there to drive here, so take a listen to him.
2: Hello, I have seen a lot of people make videos how to drive on the autobahn. Now I will make a video called How to Drive in America. Of course, for this I need a German car. That is why I have brought the Audi S8. Let us begin. The rules here are a little bit different than in Germany. In Germany, it goes rechts, hat Vorfahrt. This means the car from the right can go first. In America, it goes the biggest car can go first. This is why so many people die on the road here. In Germany in 2013, only 3,000 people died on the roads. How much do you think it was in America? Wrong. It was 43,000. This is more than 10% of the population of Mannheim. What are you doing? Ach ja, the interstate is coming up. This is a whole different story, now. So, uh, let's go. I think a big reason for all the killings on the road is the interstate, no? Nobody knows what they are doing here. They overtake you on the left, on the right. People don't drive in the right lane. I am almost the only one in the right lane. All the other people are in the fast lane on the left. This... Yeah, it makes no sense, no? The speed limit here is also very confusing. Yeah? The speed limit is 55, but I'm going now yeah, 57. Yeah? And there are people in front of me going slower. There are people behind me going about 80 miles an hour. That is 123 kilometer. Yeah, The speed limit here is very confusing. Sometimes you drive 20 more, sometimes you don't. And sometimes if you don't, the police pull you over and ask why not, and sometimes when you do, they pull you over and ask why not, no? Yeah, here, I am stuck behind the Audi Q5, ne? and the guy is overtaking me on the right, there's a car, I, they don't, this is the fast lane, But something very cool here, is when the ampel is red, you are still allowed to turn right, ne? Look, there's nobody coming, I can go right, and it is red. In Germany, they would call the polizei, the polizei will take away your car, will take away your license, will give you a fine. Yeah, this is a concept I like. Good America, I like this. Also something I like here is the parking is so big that it makes this car look small. This car is 5.1 meters and it looks like a little Spielzeugauto. Ach yeah. another nice concept is that the Ampel is on the other side of the road also. So when you are fat, you can also see it. But in Germany, if you are fat, no. then you've had it, like me. The people in America have such big roads that they think that this is a small road. And if there is one car on the side, they must stop so you can drive or they can drive. There is enough space, just drive. One more thing, they are using miles per hour here. Why do you do this? It is 2018. Miles are inaccurate. You don't say in exactly 5,604 feet, turn right. This is one mile. But you do say in exactly 1,000 meters, turn right. Because kilometer is more accurate. Otherwise, yeah. America is a beautiful country. The people are friendly. And you should definitely come and visit here. Thank you.
0: There you have it, A person from Germany visiting United States and talking about driving. He's right, right? <laughs> I know. He, he really is. Because the, the points that, that I, I really relate to is the, the largest car goes first. That's probably right. Uh, the interstates are confusing. It, that is that is so true what he was saying. Some people going faster. Some people going slower. You can get pulled over for going too slow, pulled over for going too fast. That All, <laughs> all that is true. But it's interesting also that in germany you apparently cannot turn red on a right signal that you have to wait there until the signal is green and then you can turn right otherwise you'll get arrested or lose your license or whatever as he said
1: yeah that that was an interesting one i found i found the kilometers argument very interesting why are, why are we using miles still is it just because it would be really expensive to change all the signs and all the habits
0: i my theory was when i was growing up it was everything was about uh, you have the gallon of milk, you have the half gallon, right? Everything's in the imperial system, except for your soft drinks. They all came in the liter or two liter, and everybody was, was going, hey, gra- grab me a liter of uh, Diet Coke. A liter of cola. Right? Yes, a liter yes. of whatever. And I think that was going to be the way, that was going to be the gateway to make us transition from our system, the imperial system, into the metric system. Well, that never happened only thing that we still measure for the most part in liters is the liter of soda, right? Isn't that it?
1: I honestly can't think of anything else.
0: I thought they were going to transition to milk. Once they do that to milk, then people are going to start thinking liters. And then if they only sold gasoline in liters, then you're going to start thinking, all right, then we're going to have to go with uh, distance in metric. That's the way they're going to have to, that's the way they would have, it would have to be By mandate, by the companies that are making all these products, and then we would have to conform. I like the imperial system. I like telling the rest of the world, we're doing our own thing. Why? (laughs) Because we're America! I mean,
1: we're already committed, right? Like, we already did it. The damage is done. It's hard to undo. So why undo it? Like, is it that big of a deal? No. But at the same time, like, the mile is stupid, (laughs)
0: <laughs> like 5,280 feet? Why Why are we measuring you know, that I, way? Th- now I think of it, the only other thing we use uh, metric for is when it comes to races. When we do a 5K. That is true. Right? That's true. I nobody knows how far the 5K is. They just know they're running the 5K. Oh contraire.
1: I I how always How far is the 5K?
0: It's 3.1 miles,
1: man, cuz you do the conversion in your head cuz you're so used to miles. You're like, I know my car goes 3.1 miles, so this is me doing the same thing cuz nobody knows what a 5K is. You're right. Nobody does. You have to you have to know. And then the, the marathon
0: conversion. is the 26.1 miles, right?
1: Yes, 26. Now
0: what would it be in meters? Or kilometers, kilometers, or whatever.
1: Forgive me, I don't, I don't know that.
0: <laughs> Come on, let's get see. There's too what? many. There's there, there's just too much of the imperial system built in to our way of life uh, to get rid of it. Yes. Well, and, and what's the speed limit in Canada? It's like 100 kilometers an hour. I, I, I
1: Okay. Well, but that's just it, right? Like if you change all the signs in America from 65 to 100. Oh, people are speeding. And think about how many cars are already on the road that oh, they're going to look at the miles number on their odometer and not their kilometers <laughs> number.
0: See? And that's what would have to change. All the United cars made and sold in the United States would have to have their speed uh, speedometers flipped. So instead of it being the inner, smaller dial, it'd have to be the main dial for kilometers and then miles an hour for the small one. We could create a whole new industry of speedometer flippers
1: who just uninstall and reinstall speedometers on old cars wouldn't that freak people out oh
0: yeah oh it would be just so great well it is thanksgiving week um thanksgiving is actually tomorrow as we're recording this today thanksgiving would be tomorrow and i saw this new service uh, over there at our airport denver international airport and they they say that you can now offer they well they're now offering this free bag drop and check-in service they call it at the transit center at the Pikes Peak and Mount Albert shuttle lots. These are these outer parking lots at the airport, and that you can drop your bags off there free of charge. Apparently, just like I guess you would at, for the Sky Caps. Maybe you have to give them a tip. Have you have you seen or used I think, the service?
1: Well, do you do you hand it off to a person? I'm not familiar. Yes, with no. Uh,
0: so what I understand is that you hand it off to a person. There's somebody there at this transit center. When you get there to that parking lot and then you drop your bags off as if you were going to uh, drop them off when you get into the terminal area. Mm -hmm. And it's for people who are flying on Southwest, United, Delta, and American. So we have some other airlines, obviously the International... Flyers probably need to bring their need to bring their stuff in. Frontier is not a part of this. They they fly a lot of people from Denver.
1: Well, I think so. This is an interesting question, right? Because you don't tip the person if they take your bag at the desk at the airport. You right? do at the SkyCap, though. But that's what I'm saying. But so there's this differentiation in tips already, and now this is a is what you would say is different from either of those two options. But you're still handing it off to a person who then presumably has to walk it a
0: long distance to get it to its final destination, correct? Well, I would imagine that they have some kind of a shuttle truck of some sort where they're putting these bags in some kind of a vehicle to then take them. And they have to be probably processed by the TSA maybe when they get to the airport. So my my imagination is you, you come up to some counter or some little kiosk area. Give them your bags. Tell them where you're flying and all that stuff, just like they do with SkyCaps. And so they um, will take. They'll they'll put the tickets on there. They'll put the baggage. Well, uh, why can I not think of the little ticket thing that they put on the bag? They just call it a tag, right? Uh, okay, uh, and then they I, <laughs> and then they bag put tags. it and then they probably put it. I would imagine into separate. Maybe into different trucks, let's say you're going to United, and they put it on the United truck, or they put it on this, or maybe in areas where it's going for different airlines. Anyhow, then they they drive it over every so often to the airport, because they say you have to be there at least 90 minutes before your flight, have your bag over there. So they probably, every 15 or 20 minutes, start taking shipments of bags over to the airport. They have to get screened through the TSA, and then they can go to the respective flight, right? Right. That's, I figure that's, that's how it is. That, yeah. That's the only way. Yeah. And, and that explains
1: go. why you would have to be there 90 minutes early, right? Because that is a process that, despite it taking place on a very small area, it takes a long time.
0: Right. And those. Those lots are probably 10-minute drive from there to the terminal. Right. And that's with no traffic, and it, and it probably is about the same to get whatever secure area they're going to. Because you're going from the non-secure area, the parking lot, handing the bags off to these people, to a secure area where the bags have to be screened and then get on the plane. Right. So uh, it's just interesting. And It says that you skip the airline counter lines, you check your bag, get your boarding pass right there. So... I guess it's like having the sky cap instead of on the curb, you have it out there in the parking lots. It's it's a brilliant idea. Oh yeah. It's no, brilliant.
1: Th- I mean you I think either one of
0: us would take advantage of it, right? Right. And they say it's a free they is several times in this, this release that I got from the airport. It says it's a free service. Airline bag fees will still apply and can be paid at all bag drop locations. Uh, and then they have this, uh, deal where it says bags.com or bag. Is that what it is? It's bags something where they have this. I think this is the company that runs this whole thing. Cause I think they've done this in other airline or other airports around the country mm-hmm. where they take care of large groups. Um, and they will take all the bags for the large group. So they don't have to worry about carrying your luggage through the airport and all that stuff, I see. you know, some, something like that. And then, and then, uh, so it's all taken care of for you. They say lug less and explore more, checking your bag at the transit center, get your boarding pass before you head up to the terminal and security. And they say it's open from basically 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. for flights departing as late as midnight. You just drive wow. in, drop your bag from the comfort of your car before you park. A greeter at the bag drop kiosk will remove your bag from your car, check you in, hand you a boarding pass. Once your par- car is parked, you get on the shuttle And that shuttle takes you to the terminal, luggage-free. Obviously, that's a huge convenience because it's a lot easier to get on the shuttle without hauling your bags up and down those little stairs and then into the airport. And then it says, upon arriving at the terminal, head directly to security. Hours Saturday through Thursday, 2 a.m. to 4 p.m. Friday, 2 uh, a.m. to 7 p.m. Follow the bag drop signs when you enter the parking lot. I think it's a brilliant idea, and and I would like to see that expanded to maybe some of the other uh, other pay lots where, like the private companies, um, maybe they can start doing it.
1: Well, that's the big thing. If the private companies can figure out a way to do it, then we're really in business because you can actually shop around for the best price on where to park out there.
0: Because that's what I do now is I usually park at a couple of different places depending on what the best deal is for me rather than go to that Pikes Peak lot. But that this might be a game changer for me. Because it was so inconvenient to get on that shuttle with all those people and all your luggage and then go out to the airport. What That phone is ringing? The the bat phone. The bat? That's weird. There's a little phone in here. And and the people are, are dialing it. That's, Isn't that weird? That's so funny. I don't know if I should pick it up or not. Well, too late now. They hung up. Well, since it is Thanksgiving week, I saw this holiday-themed question and answer from the TSA. You know that if you want to, if you have any questions for the TSA, uh, they have a really good following on Instagram and Twitter, and you can actually take a picture of something or just ask a question on one of those two ways and then send it to them. You'll say Ask TSA, and then you'll send them a picture of, hey, can I bring this on board with me on the the plane? So if you have any questions about it. All right, so here's the question. That somebody asked, dear TSA, I got to have my pumpkin pie. Can I carry my canned filling? Here is how the TSA answered that question. (laughs) There was a picture of somebody with a can of Libby's pumpkin pie filling in their hand. 75 cents,
1: man. And it was
0: a man's hand. Oh, God. He couldn't, I guess, buy it wherever he was going. Wanted to bring the can of pumpkin pie filling with him. Where is this
1: country that doesn't have canned pumpkin pie filling? I must know.
0: And I, Exactly. and it, There was no, from the TSA uh, Twi- Instagram feed, which I saw this, there, there wasn't a, you know, from this person, I could look them up and find out where, where they live. That's too bad. <laughs> or where they were going. So this is the answer from the TSA. Pumpkin pie, it's an essential item for many a Thanksgiving feast. And if you are packing for your holiday flight, you might be debating how to handle canned items, such as pie filling and cranberry sauce. Fear not, we've got the answer. Most canned food items either contain liquid, think green beans for that casserole, or they have a gel, looking at you, cranberry sauce, or creamy consistency, such as that pumpkin pie filling. That means you'll need to stuff them in your checked luggage, So please don't put canned items in your carry-on bag. We don't want your goose to be cooked when you arrive sans ingredients. And if you've got questions on other food items, reach out to our Ask TSA team on Twitter or Facebook. You can write them a message or send a photo. They're available 8 to 10 on weekdays, 9 to 7 on weekends and holidays, even on Thanksgiving Day. So your answer is no, sir. Do not bring your pumpkin pie uh, filling. With you through security, put it in your checked bag. Right, and like, shouldn't you be questioning yourself before you put it in your checked bag? Yes, or you, stop by the local A and P. Right, the Food Lion, the Kroger, the King Supers, the Publix, any of them. You, I think you named all of the them. The Farmer Jacks,
1: uh, Piggly Wiggly.
0: Oh, oh yeah. Harris Pages. Teeter, a uh, uh, Win Dixie, Safeway,
1: Albertsons,
0: Is City that sort Market. Of Oh, Albertson's was taken over by Safeway. That's too bad. So, you know, they're out. Shaw's. Sh- <laughs> How about Fraser Foods? Okay, okay. Say, <laughs> anyway. Walgreens? Are we, Walgreens. Okay. Are we expanding buy, the definition? Can, can you buy pumpkin pie filling at Walgreens? You know
1: what's funny? They don't count. They do. They, you can definitely buy pumpkin pie filling at Walgreens. You
0: can buy just about anything that you need at Walgreens. Well, anyway, that about wraps it up for this 100th episode of the Driving You Crazy podcast. Thank you for all the memories along the way and all the new adventures to come. And, of course, a special happy Thanksgiving from us to you, our faithful listeners. Happy Thanksgiving, one and all. We hope you're safe uh, and make it, make it alive. Turn around. Don't drown. Text and um, Rex. Don't overeat. Don't overeat. Try. Try at least not to overeat. <laughs> exactly. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, I'm Jason Lip with the Traffic Guy. Pumpkin pie filling advocate, Joseph Peters. Be safe, and as always, happy motoring.